Welcome to a new episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Marco Tomasi, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Jessica Tomasi. How's it going, sweetie? It's, uh, it's been a week. It's going, it's going well now. <laughs> it has been quite the week, but before we get into that... What are you drinking, Marco? Oh, I've got whiskey. Shocked? Shocking. <laughs> Imagine that. I've got a, a three-chord Amplify Rye Whiskey. Really, really smooth. Uh, they're, uh, they're kind of their stick they have with the three chords is that it's a blended whiskey. They have three different whiskeys. Uh, all of them are blended whiskeys. And they put the oak barrel staves in with the whiskey while it's aging. And then they hit it with sound waves. They've got a whole music motif going on. And does it make a better whiskey? I don't know. But it is tasty. It is good. It is very smooth. It has some great notes to it. Pun intended. Um, but do they sponsor us? No. No, they don't. It just happened to be there. Uh, picked up a couple bottles. We, You and I are actually up in Jackson, uh, Michigan, for the uh, staying over, getting ready for the state finals and cross country. Went out to dinner with the team, wrapped up dinner. The, all the runners are leaving with their parents and grandparents, heading back to the hotel. We said, hey, we'll see you back there. Did it about face, went back inside, picked up a couple bottles. Yes, we did. Brought them home. Uh, great stuff. But what do you have in front of you tonight? Uh, I have an old-fashioned made by Woodford. Woodford made your old-fashioned for you? They did. They made it themselves. Sure. Right in my kitchen. Did they? Mm-hmm. No, my own personal bartender named Marco made it for me. And it's delicious. But it uses um, Woodford Reserve. Yes. Yeah. And does Woodford sponsor us? No, but that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Um, we do tend to always have a bottle of Woodford in the house. We do. We actually stocked up on it the last time we went to Costco. Well, we stocked up on a few things because uh, uh, we're all living in the age of COVID-19, the coronavirus, also known as the Rona, <laughs> which is a lot more fun to say than COVID-19 or novel coronavirus. Definitely. Yeah. So, yes, we're in, what, week two of stay-at-home yes. to avoid the Rona? Yes. Week two of homeschooling slash e-learning slash remote schooling, whatever you want to call it. Uh, teachers are doing their thing at home, and our kids are at home, and their classmates are at their, their other homes and trying to make that work. So that's been fun. Uh, it's week two without seeing my actual track team. Yeah. Interacting with them over email. Uh, the state has paused the season. I cannot hold practices. I can't hold conditioning sessions. I can't do any required workouts. So it's just been back and forth on email and like, hey, here are suggestions on things you can do at home, but do them, don't do them. And uh, they've been sending me back reports on what they've been up to, and it's you know, no one's been consistent. Uh, no one's getting in the exact workouts, you know, which is fine. That's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, but they're doing the best they can trying to find a workout most of the days, and seeing that's making me happy, especially since, I mean, with the stressors going on, especially the seniors. I mean, senior year. Oh, seniors. They're missing all the fun stuff this year prom and 
graduation is up in the air and senior dinner dance sports season oh yeah sports seasons everybody was expecting to participate in their final sports season of their high school career and that looks like it's been completely squashed um so they're getting outside they're going to run and work out and clear their heads and just you know relax go out there have that time to themselves not be staring at a computer not be you know on their phones and then email and chat and everything stressing out getting all spun up with their friends it's like just outside with nature go for a run go practice some throwing go work on your jumps and chill out and that's that's a great life skill that will stick with them they can use that in college and then when they're adults like us and Hopefully they really embrace and they're finding this fun. I mean, not not the whole Rona thing, <laughs> but they found track and the approach that I brought to it with track and cross country and the summer racing club, which we've now turned into the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Challenge, which we'll get back to in a second. Um, hopefully that it's kind of gotten in there to them so that when they do go to college, they stick with it. They keep running and exercising and find something fun to stay fit and have that release, that outlet. So we should see with them. But for us, uh, it's also week two of no hockey, which is driving me up the wall. It's very sad. The kids are so, they're, the kids are actually heartbroken. I know they're not scheduled to have hockey right now, but they can't even go to the rink for like open skate. Yeah, or sticks and pucks. I mean, we are in that, in that nice little break between winter hockey and spring hockey, but boy, I'm getting nervous about is spring hockey going to happen? I mean, right now we're scheduled that everything should open back up. But if you look at the indicators, oh, it's not looking positive. But yeah, hopefully it does. Hopefully it does. Um, and then from the adult point of view, uh, you know, not only am I not playing, so I'm going stir crazy. Not only are a lot of my friends not playing, I'm the commissioner of the league. I've got a background in psychology. Somehow I've become the armchair <laughs> therapist for everybody. Not actually doing therapy, but it's like. Oh, I got to call you. I, I just can't take this. All right, well, let's talk about it. Let me crack open a beer first. <laughs> you have one too, and we'll figure it out over the phone. Uh, that's been rough. And then, you know, your Monday night activity has kind of been blown out of the water. You've been doing, you know, Girl Scouts. Yeah, Girl Scouts is at a standstill. We um, have sent some things virtually for the girls to do. We're right in the middle of finishing up one of our badges. What badge are you working on? Uh, it's been so long you don't remember yes um i believe that it's the junior detective badge Ooh. yeah it's pretty cool we did a fun uh fingerprint experiment the last time that we met in person and the girls all really loved it um and the last monday we were supposed to have another meeting and we were going to do like a, a tutorial on on how to collect evidence and what that evidence might tell you and we had some really fun things planned for that um possibly we can do it virtually it'll just take some videos and a lot of time to get it out there is there a microbiology badge sadly i don't think there is so... we do have a first aid badge that we were well that's not as fun next. as having them swap things around the house and grow cultures and relating it to what's going on in the world it would be amazing it sounds be. like a great science project. Is there something that involves a black light? Can you do that part of, <laughs> part of this badge and the CSI thing? Well, we I did I did think about it. We could have we have a black light. Are we gonna have a bunch of mothers mad if you like 
teach their kids to like go around the house with black lights. That is exactly why I opted not to do the black light part of the experiment with the junior detective badge. I didn't think anybody would really appreciate it. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Oh, so how are your friends been getting through this? My friends and I are very stressed out and we are very lonely. I mean, as much as you can be lonely when you're in your house of at least three to six people. Um, But we're all very um, anxious and... We don't like that we can't see people in person. We can't hug each other. Um, it's been it's been a rough adjustment for everybody in my group. But we've been doing um, virtual hangouts and like a, a virtual happy hour. And that's been a lot of fun. I actually did one last night. And we all had a glass of wine or a martini. And we just chatted that way. And it was really, really fun. Awesome. Yeah, we've had some of that going on with the um, the hockey group, where we've done it was just massive group text chat, you know, or text messages were going on and it was getting annoying and people didn't want to type and it just wasn't the same. So then um, we tried some different apps. Uh, we tried the Marco Polo app, which is like you record a video of yourself talking and it's just left there sitting, waiting for the other people to get to it when they have time. But you don't get that interaction, really. Um, plus, it gets annoying because it's about as annoying as a text message going off when you have 6 to 8 to 12 to, and so on people Ooh. on the thread. Yeah. And it just sounds like a lot of beeps during the day. It's a lot of beeps during the day. It's really annoying. We did um, we did do a virtual happy hour. And I hear there's some other ones planned coming up. But we did a virtual happy hour. We had to use uh, bounce around through the different services and apps out there because it depended on whose internet connection was the slowest and what works with what and who's got what device but we made it work it was a lot of fun we could see each other we could make fun of each other uh and there were cocktails and beers mostly beers going on yeah i can't really see a bunch of men it wasn't all men. All the different it is. It's a co-ed. Yeah, well, that's true. It's a co-ed league. But there seems to be more men than women. So there is, but you know, the women really are picking up their presence in the league, and that's. I mean, it's great. They're fun. Actually, most of the women are. Some They're of the, hysterical. Some of the best players too, but they are hysterical. Our social director is also a woman, and she is hilarious. Yeah, she's pretty great. Yeah, she's usually the one driving this whole thing. But they call adult league sports beer league for a reason. So uh, a lot of people are like missing that that once or twice a week social gathering where you go, you play, and then you hang out and just socialize and make fun of whoever else is on the ice after you. And that's been missing. And we we did do a happy hour right after the season got you know postponed, paused, and then they locked down all the breweries. Yep. And so then there was the idea of like, well, we'll just go congregate in the parking lot of the rink, which won't make the neighbors of the rink. high school. It's very high school. The rink neighbors wouldn't appreciate that, which would put some pressure on the rink owners. And then they also locked down the size of the groups, because if we had done that, we would have ended up with. Over 10 people. Yeah, just slightly. <laughs> like, we've got three leagues and we would have had all three leagues, all the teams from all three leagues show up to that. So. Um, movie night with Slapshot, 
great hockey movie got canceled um and it's just been trying to make do and in terms of making do uh it also in terms uh, gets into workouts because gyms are shut down indoor practice facilities are shut down golf courses are open how are golf courses able to be open because of the great outdoors and people stay more than six feet apart each other apparently they're not sharing golf carts i don't know i haven't been out to the I've been past golf courses, but uh, they're open. Outdoor tennis courts can be open, but not indoor tennis courts. Um, And you're only really supposed to be going out to go to work if you are essential and your job is still open and Mm -hmm. you you can't work uh, from home. You can go to the grocery store, go to the pharmacy, you know, those essential trips. But hair salons and barbershops are closed down. Nail salons are closed down. Restaurants are takeout only the ones that are still hanging in there. That I keep seeing notices of more and more going, yeah, trying to take out things. Really and they're going either some right away just said, hey, it's not worth it. We, we just can't make it work. Some other ones have tried and they're just going, oh, enough. Some of them scale back their hours and going, we're only doing it on the weekend. Uh, it's just a rough, I mean, everybody knows this is a rough situation. But, you know, it's trying to squeeze in those workouts and especially as uh, the seasons change. And we were talking about the kids needing a release and getting outside. Uh, I know I need to get out. You know, I don't have hockey, which is one of my favorite releases in the winter, just going and working out. Uh, So that's gone. It only takes so much treadmill. Oh, my gosh, the treadmill. I'm so sick of it. (sighs) So sick. We're at the tail end of winter. You know, it's like hockey and treadmill. Uh, Not much snow this winter, so cross-country skiing was not even an option. Snowshoeing was not an option. Uh, luckily the state parks are open it's been but it's just been that that 40 degree gray uh it's not like it's been very dreary but you can't throw on your winter gear nope but you can't really throw on your spring gear and fall gear yet you're kind of in between it's just kind of cold and miserable uh this week was we finally got a glimmer of hope before the skies opened up and it rained on us uh i managed to get my my bike out and get out and for a couple uh what was it wednesday and friday got out and did 16 mile rides each day i got out on thursday i did seven miles though yeah but still you got out uh the tail end of the front was coming through on friday so the tail end of that i spent in the rain with cold wind blowing in my face and feeling miserable mm-hmm. but it was you know i told myself not on the treadmill. It's worth yeah, it. I'm exactly. outside. Rode past the golf course. Didn't see any golfers out there, but I saw a lot of cars. So they must have been out and about somewhere behind the trees, I assume. Oh. Yeah. Uh, saw a lot of people. It's, it's a great time to go biking right now uh, because not a lot of traffic out on the roads. A lot of people either riding their bikes or just out walking mm-hmm. by themselves, uh, couples out walking. Uh, family units out walking. And then you see, um, ran or I went past several different high schoolers I know from the other high schools I recognize them. I couldn't put a name with the face, but I'm like, I've seen you at cross country meets and I've seen you at track meets. And they're <laughs> out there running and conditioning with the way I really hope my runners are doing. Yeah. But uh, rode through a couple different school districts. So just happened to be where the, I could hit them all on that ride. I'm a little concerned for the elderly dogs in our neighborhood. 
because their owners have been walking them four or five times a day. And some of the dogs are really old. Like our neighbor's dog is um, 16 years old. And she has her dog out at least five times a day. Can dogs get dementia? Because I'm pretty sure that if they can, that one has it. Most of the time that dog doesn't know where she is. Isn't she like blind in one or both eyes? And deaf. And she's deaf. Yeah. And like the other day I saw her peeing on a mailbox and she raised the, the other, <laughs> not the leg by the post, but the outside leg, but was, yeah, it was a hot mess. Yeah. Look, we haven't had any pets around our house in a while. We've got four kids. Four kids. It's enough things that poop. Yes. No pets needed. We had that. Yeah. Every time our kids ask or our friends ask, what are you getting a dog? Uh, when everybody can use a toilet by themselves. No, even then, we're not getting a dog. I don't want to clean up. I I don't want anything to do with it. Maybe when the kids start going to college, but right now, it's like there's too many people and too many creatures in this house, like, demanding our attention to take care of them that we love. And But, oh, that's a lot of messes already to clean up. Exactly. So what else have you been doing? Because, like, I barely see you during the week, and we're in the same house. I've been doing a lot of schoolwork with the kids. Well, I meant to work out, though. Oh, to work out. Okay. Um, I've been doing a lot of treadmill and I've been going for walks around the neighborhood, um, and more treadmill and then my bike. That's been pretty much it. Uh, I've had treadmill, treadmill, went for a couple walks with you around the neighborhood, Mm -hmm. uh, cycling out of my bike and then, uh, garage hockey, backing both cars out, getting the kids out there. Uh, and just practiced shooting and uh, made a fun game. We had the shooter tutor up. Uh, for those of you who don't know, you put the hockey net out, and there's a, it blocks most of the easy areas, and so you got to aim for little pockets and targets. Assigned point values and took it from there uh, and just kept shooting, trying to get a workout. Did some work also on my slide board, just to try to work those muscles on the hip that you use when you skate that you really don't use the rest of the time. But it's, uh, struggle is real, so to speak. Oh, the Rona. This could end. The Rona. Time. I would love for Akira to just magically appear right now. That would be fantastic. But that's not how science works. No. So, uh, darling, cheers. Cheers. So we could spend all night talking about the Rona and life with the Rona, but I think everyone's sick of the Rona. Other than the fact saying the Rona is pretty pretty funny. Yeah. But if I were to say the whole thing, everyone's like, oh, and we can, we'll probably save more about that for a future uh, podcast. But tonight we got a different main feature. So let's roll into that. dive into Jess's journey with her weight as an adult. On any journey, you really need to know where you started from so you can kind of have a reference on where you're going. And the same is true when, as we go forward with this podcast, talking about our journeys, our challenges, trying to make a difference in ourselves for the audience to really know where we're going. And we 
briefly touched on it in the first couple episodes, but tonight we're going to dive into a little bit more on Jess's journey. You know, what has she tried? You know, where, you know, how it all kind of got going in terms of being a challenge as an adult, what works, what didn't work, what has she tried and what is she finding the balance that is working best for her now? So with that, Jess, do you want to talk about your weight? Not particularly, but I will. Starting around grad school. How about that? Grad school is a great place to start. So when you go to grad school, you have to sit and read books. You sit and you read and you read and you read. And it's, it amounts to a lot of sitting. Because if you don't read, then you fail your tests and that's not an option. And then when you're not reading, you have to be working on your computer doing homework, writing papers, getting presentations ready. Um, Also, for my grad program, I had to work in the schools. And a big chunk of my time working in the schools was uh, sitting and taking data on my clients' behaviors. And if I wasn't doing that, then I was sitting and graphing that data. And... When I worked with clients with disabilities, then I was sitting across the table from them and working with them one-on-one. So, And what did we do when we weren't working, weren't reading, weren't typing papers, and were just chilling out with our friends? We were sitting. We were sitting at the bar. Pretty much. Yeah, we were sitting. Always. So it's been, it, it developed a really big couch potato problem. And exercise just... Really, it's never been very fun for me or very appealing. Um, Marco would try and, and get me to... We lived, like, across the street from a high school. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they had a track. And he was like, come on, let's go. Let's go walk laps around the track. And it was just so awful to me. I hated it because walking on the track, I think, is very boring. The scenery doesn't really change. I mean, to be fair, it doesn't. And I feel for distance runners, even, you know, I tell my track team kids, like, the hardest race is the 400 meter dash because you're basically sprinting for a quarter mile mm-hmm. and it's physically painful. Your lungs are just screaming. But mentally, the two mile, the 3,200 meter, no, eight you. laps nope. of the scenery not changing. It's like, oh, here comes a curve. What do I do? Oh, we turn left. <laughs> oh, here's another one. And we left turn left. again. Shocking. Yeah. So. That didn't appeal to me. Um, we had rollerblades, but I didn't want to go and do that. It just it was it was a lot of we had our bikes doing nothing. Did we have bikes? We had bikes. We had a we bike. Never ride. went on them. We we had a. I think pool. we went once. Did we? Yeah. I don't remember. We had a pool in our neighborhood, and I was so excited when I first moved down there, and I saw the pool, and I was like, "Yes, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to go swim laps every morning before school and before work," and that didn't happen. Because I really like to sleep. So I thought the sleep was more valuable and important to me. But there was some other uh, some other detergent detergent deterrence going on too in that neighborhood, uh, because it was the community pool. Yeah. And you if you wanted to go and swim, whether you just wanted to go and lay out and relax and veg, or you wanted to do water aerobics, or you wanted to swim laps, uh it was an interesting neighborhood in that it was grad students and young married couples mm-hmm. or retirees or recently divorced folks um, 
in their 40s and 50s. Uh, and the retirees made life miserable. They were very interested in everybody's business. At least when you're a 20-something grad student and you've got a nosy retired faculty member who's also very bossy. You know, every time I saw her out walking around, I would go run. Oh, I take it we're thinking about the same one. We are talking about the exact same one. She was horrible. She she would come and chase you down if she found you outside, so she could start pestering you with questions about your yard and and things you were doing or things you weren't doing. I think she even like badgered one of our friends about the flooring that he was putting inside of his own house. Oh, that was our next door neighbor. He was putting in. Uh flooring yes and she walked in and she started pestering like is this approved it's like look this is these are townhouses uh everything you own everything on the inside of the walls there's an hoa outside he's like why are you one (laughs) it didn't need to get approved two why are you in my house yeah she was an interesting character but she also liked to go to the pool she would stay at the pool for at least four hours a day. She was very, very um, tan and leathery looking. Yes. Um, very. But I would, from our bedroom window, it overlooked that side of the um, of the neighborhood, and I could see who was at the pool, and I would always see her, and I'd think, nope, no pool for me today. I'm not going over there to be pestered. I just want to swim some laps. But even then, I didn't want to do it all the time. And, yeah, there wasn't that much time. So, a lot of sitting. A lot of sitting. A lot of sitting. A lot of sitting. A lot of bad food choices as well because... Well, let's say unhealthy food choices because it was really good food most of the time down there. That's true. Southern food is great. The food was delicious. It was not the best for us. It was definitely not the best for our waistline, at least in terms of keeping it small. No. Plus, if you are on a budget... Like we were in grad school, it led to buying things that were not so healthy for us because that's what we could afford. Um, or being busy and on the go and trying to get squeeze in a meal between uh, meeting with clients yeah. and not being able to pre-plan meals, fast food. Yep, I would. Um, I worked in a completely different county, and I would uh, drive home back to Tallahassee. And on the way, I would always stop at either McDonald's or Wendy's and get a hamburger or a chicken sandwich or something and a soda and french fries. And that would be my lunch for the day. Come home and and see some more people and go right back to studying and graphing data. Hey, real quick, for our listeners who might be in the Midwest, what's a soda? A soda is a soft drink, often with caffeine in it. What might they know it as? No. <laughs> That's a word I don't say. Yeah, well. Ever. Just trying to make you say pop. Nope. Since it's like nails on the chalkboard to you. It is. It's it's the worst. It's a soda. Everyone can call it a soda. Get on board, people. It's fun to say. This is Michigan. Apparently here it's a pop. Nope. Actually, I say apparently because I spend so much time in the South, I'm used to calling it soda. That's right. And you're married to me. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. So anyway. All right. And what were the health effects for you? By the time we got <laughs> finished grad school, and actually by the time I finished grad school after you, and we got out of Tallahassee, we were, where were you at in your health situation? Ridiculously fat. Um, and I also had developed a condition, a hormonal condition called um, polycystic ovarian syndrome, uh, also known as PCOS. 
I'm not going to get into all that that entails. Um, but one of the side effects of it is it makes it can make losing weight extremely difficult because your body just wants to hold on to it. I don't know why, but it does. There's no getting. It's a, it's a very it makes weight loss extremely challenging. I'm not laughing at the fact that it makes weight loss challenging. I'm laughing because and this is audio only. They can't see your facial expressions and the whole body like clenching up with the fists and Great. it's just cute. Anyway, um, but I digress. No. So my weight, I think by the time we left Tallahassee, I was at 250 pounds and that's completely insane. Then you're how tall? Five foot seven. So not like I was in much better shape at that point, but this is your story tonight. Right. So we leave, we move up to the Washington, D.C. area, and when we get up there, uh, you take a, a short, very short break from working. That's what led into, and we had already talked about this, you did some telework, you did some consulting, I uh, started dabbling in photography, but along the way, uh, kids. Yeah, we decided we wanted to have kids, and that was... Um... A journey. Like I said, I have PCOS and it made the journey not so easy for us. So then I got to go and see a doctor and she said, well, you really should lose some weight. And I said, okay, how much weight do I have to lose and how hard is it going to be with this? And she said, you should try and lose at least 10 pounds. And I said, okay. So that was a struggle. And it, uh, I, I can't even remember if I managed to lose it or not. But the next step after that was um, fertility meds. So we did that, and then I was able to get pregnant with our daughter. And what was, during this whole period and that whole stretch while we were out in Virginia, uh, can you share what the most, the most dramatic weight loss strategy strategy plan or method was in your time there? It was getting pregnant and I had super terrible morning sickness. I was sick as soon as I woke up, sometimes before I woke up and sick all day long until I went to bed and it was terrible. When you, uh, with our first kid, kid number one, because mm-hmm. we're not saying names, but with kid number one, uh, when you checked into the hospital to deliver her, where was your weight relative to your first appointment at the beginning of the pregnancy? Um, I believe that I had lost 40 pounds, I think. I didn't gain any weight at all with that pregnancy. Yeah. And it was amazing. I don't recommend it. You should not do that. Um, it's just that's the way it worked out for me because I was sick for about the first four months. Oh, totally not where I was going to line of questioning in terms oh. of recommending it, just saying what it was. Yeah. No, sick for four months uh, straight. And then when you're pregnant, your metabolism really goes into high gear because, you know, you're growing a human and that's hard work for your body. Um, so then I was able to eat pretty much anything I wanted and I didn't gain any weight. Well, I mean, you gained weight, but you didn't recover from the initial loss of the first four months. That's true. Yeah. So it was a nice running gag for a while, just a joke. Like, but, whoa, what's your weight loss secret? Yeah. Getting pregnant. Yeah. Have a baby. You'll lose all kinds of weight. It's amazing. Well, for um, you, not for yeah, everybody. It, you know, it kind of sucked because she was born and all of that weight came right back. So we did it again. Yeah. We had kid number two showed up 11 months after his sister. 
That one wasn't as much of a dramatic. No, I didn't have very terrible morning sickness with him, so I only lost maybe 10 pounds um, throughout the whole thing. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think I gained more than I lost. I don't remember. Anyways. It did get to be quite a blur there, too, because then suddenly we had two little kids. Two like, babies. Well, and kid number two was sitting at the kitchen table when kid number one turned one. Right. Was and smashing her cake. Having kids, having one kid is like super stressful. And also it makes you eat at weird times. And it's pretty much shove whatever kind of food into your face that you can get in between feeding this new brand new little tiny human. Um, so Especially the, the first one where you're um, still trying to figure out everything. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't good. Um, it was like, oh, I can eat this cupcake. I'm going to have seven of them really fast before she starts crying again. <laughs> and it's three in the morning. Yeah, it's not good. Also, ice cream at, I don't know, midnight is not such a great idea either. Um, so anyways, we had kid number two, and then all of the weight came back again. And that was a bummer. And also, when you have when you have kids that are so... Uh, close in age and they're so little you're you're kind of trapped at home um for a while and especially when your husband's stuck at the office right and I wasn't uh comfortable enough to just like pack them into the double stroller and, and go for a walk in the neighborhood like I was really freaked out about doing that for some reason so we just we sat at home and when Somewhere. we did try to get uh get on the fitness kick and get some uh you know Perpetual traction. Yes, thank you. Oh, it's been such a long day. I really need to start sipping this whiskey in front of me. <laughs> um, not sure if that would help with my speech, but it would help me just kind of like chill, which is kind of what we're also trying to do here. Uh, anyway, we're trying to get some traction on losing weight because um, I was spinning out of control and you were not in a happy place. Uh, you remember what happened on one of those nice spring days when we were out at the park going for a walk and I was trying to jog slash run, try to rekindle my glory days and as a runner in high school. Ah, yes. The day I broke my ankle. Yes. Chasing our two-year-old son as he chased a dog that I didn't know. Um, and I was out somewhere else in the park trying to find your iPod that you, you dropped. You were, and fortunately the owners of the dog were extremely nice, and I was like, completely hysterical my tiny son was still running after this dog my daughter was happily swinging um i was convinced that he was going to be bitten and i was also convinced that my ankle was broken and i kept trying to call my husband and he wasn't answering and finally the people with the dog were like just just sit still for a minute we'll call 911 everything's going to be fine so about the time that Marco finally picked up the phone was when the ambulance was rolling into the park. And I got to go on my first ambulance ride. That was super exciting. We Yeah, for a broken yeah. ankle, which was pathetic. And I got back <laughs> and rounded up the two munchkins and loaded up the double stroller. And we followed the, followed the uh, ambulance to the hospital mm-hmm. and kept them entertained and went and ate and finally got home with you and your broken ankle and somewhat time while we were there we all contracted norovirus <laughs> we did with your, super exciting yeah with your 
With my broken ankle. Your broken ankle and two little kids where, you know, got them in the bathtub and all of a sudden they start screaming like, why are you screaming? And all of a sudden it's just... An explosion. Out of both ends. And then the other one does it. Fortunately, my mom had driven down from Ohio to come and help take care of all of us since I was stuck on the couch. Well, I was the last one to catch it. Somehow I made it a week and then I came down with it. Yeah, you did. It was terrible. I don't recommend the norovirus at all. And honestly... I didn't even lose any weight with the norovirus. So I that lost, sucked too. Really? I lost 15 pounds in the weekend. I didn't. But then I gained it all back. It was very sad. Maybe it's because I couldn't walk to the bathroom when I needed to get in there. I had to um, put myself on an outdoor couch cushion and then sort of like row myself across the hardwood floor and into the bathroom. <laughs> I ran into, after that, that bout with norovirus i ran into the president of the company i was working for in the parking lot going into the office he's like you're looking good what have you been doing what's your secret i'm like i just got over norovirus (laughs) i lost 15 pounds over the weekend you should try it sometime why don't you shake my hand (laughs) yeah he didn't come into our office suite i don't blame him i wouldn't have either well um so, yeah, breaking my ankle meant that was the end of uh, any sort of momentum that we had gotten with the exercising. And then once the ankle was healed, I had to go to physical therapy, and that sucked. I didn't like that at all because they made me work. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what we were trying to accomplish here? Yeah, and it sucks, and I didn't want to do it. So I did physical therapy until my doctor said I was good to go. That I wasn't going to be re-breaking myself anytime soon or doing any damage. Um, and then it was it was back to sitting. Back to sitting. And eventually we we did kind of get back on track and started getting some traction. And then we find out we're expecting kid number three. Kid number three. But somewhere in there, you squeezed in your first 5K, which we've already talked about in a previous podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but finally some traction was starting to get going delayed for you slightly because of kid number three and then shortly after he showed up we moved to michigan yep but so let's jump ahead now into michigan three kid life with three kids then what you trying um, to remember because it's I, all a blur <laughs> really am. um life got really busy like we had kid things to do because kid number one went to kindergarten and kid number two went to preschool and then suddenly I was volunteering in the classrooms and I was doing reading mom and I I helped with Halloween stuff uh, with the Halloween party so that took up a lot of time and kid number one was doing all sorts of activities was a ballerina for a while and then she uh, I think kid number two went to gymnastics or something Kid, no. number, kid number three went to kid gymnastics. Kid number three went to gymnastics. Kid number two did something else. He did swimming and... Oh, right. Swimming. Actually, yeah, they were all doing swimming and... What else? We... But we we started putting down programs in place. Actually, using our behavioral training mm-hmm. and scripting out programs. Uh, we tried to get into racquetball, but we never could find anyone. There's plenty of people who would say, oh, we'll watch your kids, but no one who would watch our kids... On a regular basis, when we could get a racquetball court. Yeah, the the racquetball courts were reserved uh, months in advance by the retired uh, 
men, they had like groups and the, their favorite thing to do was to go play racquetball. You never get on a court. Well, and even on the rare occasion we did, um, it was the same thing we had when we were undergrads where you're so competitive, you just get mad at me and start <laughs> winging balls at me. So that wasn't going to work. No. But at least there was, we started writing, like, what's take an organized, thoughtful approach to this? Mm-hmm. What kind of results did you start seeing? I would see tiny results, um, like five pounds here, maybe 10 pounds. And then I would stop doing my behavior program and start eating junk food again because it's delicious. And that I would gain back anything that I had managed to lose. Um, I think that I didn't have the right reinforcer in place. I was doing, I think I was using a video game on my phone that I really like to play. And it just, it wasn't working. And why wasn't it working? Uh, apparently I didn't love the game as much as I thought I did because I didn't really care if I wasn't able to play it when I didn't exercise. So uh, when you didn't earn access to that video game, mm-hmm. did you actually stop yourself? Because it's not like I took away your phone because we had three little kids. We You needed to be able to communicate. Did I stop myself from playing the game? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you were good about it. Yeah, I just didn't care. Okay, well then, yes, clearly that was not a reinforcer. No, and I think I tried it with... You know, maybe getting to eat like a certain type of food, but that's, you shouldn't use food as a reinforcer for weight loss anyways. It's a bad idea. Um, and I think I tried um, rewarding myself with uh, access to alcohol and that didn't really matter either. Somewhere in there you had also, you were earning access to uh, soda. Oh, but I quit drinking soda, and I started, I switched over to coffee. Well, at that point, but like initially it was access to soda. Which is like, great, you did a great job, you worked out, and here's a can full of sugar. Yeah. So it was kind of a little counterproductive in hindsight, but... Yeah. Uh, Part of it, too, is just to get in the pattern, get the body moving. Yeah. It, I don't know, it didn't, it didn't really, nothing really stuck until we started uh, signing up for more 5Ks. Yeah. More of the fun runs. And then... Um, we had the the summer racing club, which um, on the podcast that you missed this last one, mm-hmm. where I laid out the Red Arrow Challenge, uh, I did describe the the summer racing club, the precursor to that. That helped a lot because I mean it was the weekly, at least for me, there was that weekly competition. I had to go up there publicly posted amongst the group, and then I had the extra stressors of um, being the coach. You were affectionately known as Mrs. Coach's wife, still are. Yep, that's me. I even have it on a mug. <laughs> but um, how did that social aspect of it? I mean, it was it, it helped. I am, like you said, very competitive. And there are certain people that also participated in that. And they would, they would beat me. And I would say, gosh darn you. I can't believe you beat me again. You're not going to beat me this week. And I would actually push myself to walk more miles than I wanted to so that I could be in first place or if not first place, I could at least um, have a higher score than that certain person. And uh, once we started getting into that, what kind of results? And you were consistently working out through the summer. Yeah, I lost weight and it was great. And then what happened? Kid number four. Kid number four. Um, And that that whole pregnancy was just super stressful. 
I was sick with her and I was very, um, very irritable. Every time they reminded you, you were AMA. Oh yeah. Advanced maternal age. That was the worst. They shouldn't call it that, especially if you're 35. That was terrible. Mm Mm-hmm. I had a nice chuckle about that every time, but <laughs> from the safety of the other side of the room, so that if you did come after me, I could turn and run. The doctors always laughed whenever oh, yeah. you would laugh at that; they would start giggling too, which they're like, oh, did not he's help in the situation at he all. Is in for it, yeah. Um, so I had her, and then it was it was back to sitting because you have to sit and hold the baby, and then you have to sit and feed the baby, and then you have to birth the baby, and. Babies are super cute and you want to hold them anyway. So even when I didn't have to hold the baby, I was holding the baby or laying with the baby. Yeah, Kid 4 is pretty cute. She's adorable. They're all cute, but Kid 4 is adorable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Kid 4 came along and you know, initially she was so little and things were crazy. Uh, she's a winter baby. So, you know, she was pretty little and somewhere in there... Kid number three started playing hockey because along this way, uh, kid one and then kid two and then eventually kid three all got into hockey. And it seems like, if I remember correctly, the spring after kid number four was born, our kids were uh, playing in a spring hockey clinic 40 minutes away from oh, where we live. Right. Uh, and all three were on the ice at the same time. And then concurrently, I was coaching track. Yeah. So I could make, you know, we signed up, we weren't thinking because we were parents with four kids and a new, you know, a newborn at home and not thinking and signed them up going, Oh, I can coach and I'll be done in time for their hockey practice to start. Not thinking one, it's 40 minutes away. And two, they have to be dressed for that. And on the ice, they, you don't just like, hop out of the car like you're going to basketball practice and nope. go you've got to put on a full set of pads and with little kids it's a nightmare and it's not like oh if it takes 10 minutes to dress one kid it takes 20 to do two it's no uh because as you're dressing kid two kid one is undressing themselves or undoing what you just did <laughs> uh so it, it just grows exponentially and when you've got three kids on the ice at the exact same time uh a complete nightmare so i finished coaching hop in my car, race the 40-minute drive in like 30, but also dealing with rush hour traffic, and actually would end up getting there around the time they were getting off the ice. I might get to see five minutes of it. And then we'd all go to dinner together, and uh, then I'd go get on the ice because I was playing there too. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't really help because then you'd have to take the kids the 40 minutes home, feed them along the way. Usually that actually ended up being fast food night. Yeah. Which wasn't helping or pizza yet. night. Or pizza so night. There's that pizza place down there. It was that awesome pizza place there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, get them home, get them in bed. And so that wasn't helping. And it took a little while for kid number four to get a little bit older. And the other ones get old enough where they weren't on the ice at the same time. And the entry level hockey thing. Where you could really get back to what you had found was starting to work. Yeah. That gets us back to kind of a little bit more recently into what's working in terms of programming. What works? So I have a new behavior plan. Okay. And it's working extremely well. 
and we will probably talk about it in a future episode. Right. But so you got a plan though. I have a plan and it I have not missed a single day of that plan since I started it. And the targets of the plan are exercise. Awesome. And then to kind of motivate you to engage in that exercise, what do you have? The consequences are contingent on my doing the exercise. So that gives you that extra motivation, that extra push, right? Yep, definitely. Awesome. And then supplementing it with anything in terms of prompts, reminders? Um, I have a, I have a group of friends. And we, every time we exercise, we tell each other that we did it. And then they write back and say, yay, that's great. Way to go. You're amazing. And it's very lovely. And before Kit 4, you had success with the Summer Racing Club. Why aren't you using the Summer Racing Club right now, sweetie? Because it's not summer. Bingo. (laughs) It's very crappy outside. It's definitely not summer. How did Summer Racing Program go for you in terms of weight and fitness uh, last summer? I lost weight. I got more fit. Um, My times in the aqua bikes and the one triathlon I did actually went down for each race. So that was exciting. I was very happy about that. My stamina increased during each of those races. And I was pretty excited about that because the first year that I did it, I would get to maybe um, mile number seven on my bike and I would just start thinking terrible things like, oh, I'm dying. This is the worst. I just want to quit, but I'm too far away to actually quit because I'd still have to go back. Um, <laughs> things like that. But with uh, this past year, with doing the Summer Racing Club and being so active every day, um, I didn't have that problem. I would still get kind of tired around mile seven, but I'd push through it without any negative thoughts, which was amazing. And then I would get that like second wind so that I could finish that and still have a really great time. Awesome. Yeah. And what did you do with kid number four, or actually kid number one, two, and three, since they're also pretty little, when you were exercising? I made them go outside and exercise with me. Um, well, just because that's helpful to other parents, like, oh. what do you do with kids? Yeah, no, I, we, take, we take ours outside and we tell them, you can either play in the yard, or you can come and walk laps around the neighborhood with me. And um, our two boys actually really love to run around the neighborhood. They think it's great. And they like to race each other. And it's pretty funny. Um, And our daughter is very happy. Our oldest daughter is very happy to hop on her bike and ride laps around with us. Um, It helps that we live in a very um, low traffic neighborhood. It's kind of secluded it's not a gated neighborhood but it's kind of off out of the way hidden by trees and ravine and like a bean farm yeah <laughs> so much beans um and it's just a little neighborhood where and mostly we're the second generation of this neighborhood so to speak uh because they built it a lot of young families moved in there were a lot of kids here and then now that those kids are like our ages so as the original owners are uh, retiring and moving away, young families are moving in like us with kids. And so it's a mix of young families with kids. And then a lot of the homes are owned by really the, the first homeowner of that house who are retirement age, just past retirement. So a very friendly neighborhood that always watching out for our kids. Yeah. Uh, I love that when we moved in, uh, block party. Yeah. That was super fun. And we've done it for, you know, 
other families who moved in, it seems like every every two or three years, two or three years, there's a block party. No, but what I really like is that there is um, a state trooper that lives a couple houses down, and when the boys are on their bikes, they will actually either be ahead of me or they'll be behind me, and he likes to sit on his porch and sort of watch people, <laughs> and he'll I'll come by and he'll be like, "Yep, they're ahead of you," or "Nope, they're still behind you. Everything's fine. Don't worry." That's well, the, my the athletic director of the high school that I coach at is on the other side of the neighborhood from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he'll give me reports on like how the kids are doing. He's like, well, you know, your kids, when they're, they're out there doing laps for the racing club, you know, they hop off and walk, right? And like, <laughs> you realize you live on like the top of the hill, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> poor, I mean, the poor little guys have short legs and they got to pedal those bikes and, you know. It's hard on that hill. The boys just have the standard one-gear BMX-style bike. Um, they're not shifting gears to go uphill. No, they're not. So uh, I'm like, whatever. They're out there. They're exercising. It allows us to go ride our bikes. Uh, yeah, with kid number four, we have a, a like a hiking backpack, and I'll strap her into that and then put her on my back and ride around the neighborhood. With her on my back, we're both wearing our helmets, so we're safe. And... The stroller, you know, it's great that the older ones are older now because pushing that double stroller, and even though we had a double jogging stroller with the shocks and it had little yeah. stereo speakers for the kids, man, that thing was a pain to like push, especially when they started getting bigger. They're heavy. Yeah. When the kids start getting about 30 pounds each and yep. you're pushing them, I mean, that's 60 pounds right there. They get bigger than that. And it's like, oh, got it. It's cumbersome. Yeah. Uh, so it's been helpful. I've been teased a little bit. Uh, especially last summer um, when I was starting to really get into training on my bike to work on building more speed. Why don't you go ride through the countryside and go, you know, out on the, all the big bike tours that, you know, the local riding club goes on. Why are you just riding laps around the neighborhood, you know, a third of a mile at a time? And it's like, because I can spot check my yep. kids I mean, they're never very far from me as I just keep doing lap after lap after lap, which was yeah mind-numbing. I mean... It's incredibly boring. Um, but I, I won't leave the neighborhood because I like to be able to... I like knowing that every three minutes or so, I'm going to ride by my house and I can count all four of my kids and I can see them all and see what exactly it is they're doing. I know, like in days when I go with them uh, and they're doing laps on their bikes or they're running... It's less than three minutes. It's like yeah. about every few seconds. I'm running into one of them because they're never together. Being generous with the three minutes. But I will say this week it was nice because it's been kind of cold and craptastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting out and going out and riding a few time, towns over uh, was nice. And part of me, like unless it's a special ride event where a lot of riders are out and the cops are out. Mm-hmm usually don't really feel comfortable doing that because of traffic and, you know, those country roads, you always got somebody, some high schooler who's flying down the road on their car, their pickup too fast, or there's large combines and whatnot. But there's really not many people out there right now, thanks to the Rona. Rona. Sorry, got to get the Rona in because, uh, well, one, that's what's going on with two. It's just like, I feel like we haven't said that in a little while. Uh, The Rona. it's great, uh, not the actual run-up, but the fact that it's great that everyone's inside, they're not on the roads driving, and yeah. you know you can get out, you can bike, you can exercise, and 
you know, social distancing is easy to maintain uh, because I'm out there by myself. And if anyone that is riding their bike and gets nearby, I just got to pedal faster to get exactly. away from them and maintain that six feet. Mm-hmm. All right. That's exercise. And then diet. Um, so diet is a struggle because. I, have you, well, I take it you've tried. Actually, I know you've tried diets. Mm-hmm. I've tried them. What diet, what diets have you tried? All of them. Every single one. Um, Every single fad that comes along? Yes, because it works. So it's going to work for me too, but it never works. Um, no, the the biggest problem with diet I have is uh, that I really like junk food. I love it. It's fantastic. And it's also terrible for me. So I try these diets and I'll do okay with them for maybe the first, I don't know, four weeks. And then after that, they're usually so restrictive to me that I can't stand it and I desperately want something and I will abandon my diet and go like dive headfirst into a pile of donuts or something. And then that's the end of the diet because I can't jumping back on the wagon for the diet. just is just too terrible. Well, why don't you just eliminate all those items from the house? Because we have four kids and they like treats and every once in a while they, um, they, they're not eating junk food all day every day just so we are clear about that um but every once in a while they like to have something a little sweet sometimes we like to bake cookies so we have chocolate chips in the house sometimes we don't want to make cookies to put in their lunches right and sometimes we don't want to make dinner and we get fast food and it's you know it's not it's not terrible if you do that every couple of months i think it's fine um but i have a hard time Saying, okay, yes, you can get you can get happy meals tonight, but I'm not going to get anything because I really like French fries, guys. I love them. <laughs> um, so yeah, the the most recent one that actually has been it has been successful for me. I I did it um last year for several months and I lost about 25 pounds doing um, the keto diet. And then I just stopped. I wanted, I was, I was getting up at five o'clock in the morning to exercise before I had to get the kids up and and ready for school and take them to school. And I was being really super strict about the keto diet and it, it was great. And then after like the third month, I said, man, I'm really tired and I really just want to eat a bag of potato chips. And I did, I stopped getting up and I started eating junk food again. Um, but I know that that diet does work for me, so I would like to get back on board with it. And being a data person and everything, mm. how's your history with right. calorie or county or macro county? Yeah. With keto, you pretty much have you to. You do. You have to weigh your food and you have Ooh, thunder. Um, you have to weigh your food and you have to count your calories and make sure your macros are all in, in order. There are certain, uh, like certain amounts that you can have for different things. Um, and I like data and it's really fun and I like to keep track of it, but I, honest to God, hate having to keep track of my food. I hate it with a passion because I just, I just want to eat. I just want to like put the food on my plate and sit down with my family and have dinner and not have to like stop and weigh everything and measure little cupfuls of things. And I want to think that hard about it. What app did you use for tracking all your macros and calories and whatnot? I've been using my fitness pal. 
Are we sponsoring my fitness pal? No, we're not. No. But it happens to be what you use because yeah, it's on your phone. It's on my phone, and I think it's pretty pretty easy to use. I like that I can, um, once you use it for a little bit, you it, it sort of knows what you're going to type in all the way, so you only have to hit one or two letters, and a list of things that you usually eat pops up, and you can just sort of click it, and then it'll be entered for you. It's good. Um, but I, I don't like to do that. I, even, I think if, even though you love data. Even though I love data. But I, I don't want to actually have to work that hard in order to eat food. That's true. You don't um, data entry when is when it's standing between you and a meal. Right. And if if it's, you know, been one of those days where I haven't eaten breakfast and I haven't eaten lunch and it's dinner time and now I have to stop and measure my food, nope, that's not happening. So, I'm too hangry to do that. <laughs> Tracking calories and macros and so kind of alluded to it, intermittent fasting there too. Yeah. I do like intermittent fasting. I'm actually still doing that. I am. Um, How I'll, so? Because there's so many different versions of intermittent fasting. I stop eating um, usually by seven at night and then I'll um, not have anything other than water. And then in the morning I will. Every night, nothing but water after 7 p.m.? Okay. Sometimes I'll have some whiskey, but there's no carbs in whiskey, so it's fine. I'm sure there's some chemists out there that would argue with that. I'm sure. And then I'm not I'm not super strict about the intermittent fasting. I do like to have coffee in the morning, and I do put uh, heavy whipping cream in it. But then I won't have anything else until lunchtime. So in my mind, it counts, but not technically. So if you're, if you're the diet, please, please don't yell at me. So when you stick to your behavior program for exercise, you stick to your um, calorie macro counting, and you stick to your intermittent fasting and your diet, how does it work for you? It works really well. I lose weight, and I get uh, pretty toned, and that's exciting. Pretty toned for me. (laughs) So what's the biggest challenge with all that? Staying on it and making making sure that I actually do it. Would you say that it's a bigger challenge of motivation or a bigger challenge of scheduling and just finding the time when you have four kids and a job and everything? I think, honestly, I think it's motivation. So I'm on my behavior plan for exercise and it has worked beautifully. And I think if I really do the same sort of thing for the diet, I think it would be very effective for me. Are you going to build a plan for your diet or are you just going to kind of, for now, see know. how it goes? I think um, I think right now I am going into week seven of my exercise plan. And the, the thought of putting another plan in place for diet on top of that relatively new plan just seems really daunting to me. And I'm afraid if I make everything too hard that I will fail at both. That's and fair. That is actually really upsetting because I've been doing all of this exercise and it's been really great. Um, And I I don't want to lose that. Are your exercise buddies doing the same diet plan or are they doing their own thing? They are not. They're doing their own things. Um, Okay. A lot of them have have decided to do like a pseudo keto diet. Um, Some of them have just decided to cut out like they cut out. A lot of carbs, but not all of the carbs. Or they not they the wine. eat not the wine. No, never the wine. Um, they'll eat like a low fat diet, or or they just do like portion control, where they they'll have a little bit of everything, but 
not in in giant quantities like before. And your group, are you all doing the same exercises or is just do extra, you know, exercise and <clears throat> peer pressure on each other? To... It's, yeah, it's just peer pressure to get up and move. So some of us um, like to do yoga and some people really like to go for walks and some people like to run and some people really like to do um, aerobics and Pilates. So how do all of you tie all that together to nudge each other? Oh, well, we just, you know, if, if somebody hasn't checked in for the day, we'll say, hey, are you okay? Is everything all right? Do you need something? Don't forget to send your exercise. And what do, well, what do they usually send in and how do they send it in? We just, um, we had been sending pictures of maybe the treadmill face that shows the time and the distance that we would go. Or if people are using... Wait. So the, the readout screen, because when I think treadmill face, it's the, when I look in the mirror and I'm on the treadmill, it's like, <laughs> I'm building on my mind. Yeah, That's treadmill, treadmill face. Boring. No, um, the, the readout at the end of the workout. Uh, so like a permanent product. Um, or they would, if you're, if they're using an app that tracks their, their distance and their path that they took, they would send a screenshot of that. But recently we've decided that that's just too many pictures to be sending all the time. And sometimes we don't take our phones when we exercise. I always take my phone, but they don't. Uh, sometimes they just want to leave the phone at home, just go for a walk to clear their heads or whatever. And that's great. So we just decided to switch to, I exercised, I did it. Yay, this is what I did. And it's been, it's been working really well for everyone, I think. Good. Mm-hmm. Well, there's definitely something to be said for that social pressure, having to report what you're doing. So it's not just, well, if I don't work out, I'm really the only one that knows. No. <laughs> sounds like sounds like a club we have. Yeah, it does. So that seems like a great way to transition. But first off, thanks for sharing this trip, this journey you're on mm-hmm. so far. We'll dive deeper into the specifics of your program that were, is tailored to you. It's not mm-hmm. going to work for everybody. No, it definitely won't. Uh, the generic uh, or the general way of how you come about it and build it and, you know, that works. It's That's behavior. That's the science of behavior. But uh, it has to be tailored to the person. Uh, in terms of clubs, though, we've got our Red Arrow Challenge, which is the uh, the expanded version of the old summer racing club that I had for my, uh, my high school teams and the school that the kids go to. Uh, some of your friends have been in previous summers with us. Had a few even asking for it during the age of the Rona. Bring it back now. And since you're not doing anything, it's like, bring it back now. I had a few few requests like that. It's like, uh, I'm doing something right now. It's called track season. And all the people that run it are on the track team. And most of the people who do it are on the track team. But uh, Red Arrow Challenge is kicking off. And uh, we'll still do Summer Racing Club. We're just going to package it into a Red Arrow Challenge. But we'll do the summer piece of Summer Racing Club whenever track wraps up. Uh, usually it's right when school gets out, but with the whole Rona stuff going on, if the governor shuts down the schools or at least shuts down the spring sports season, I've already told the kids, we'll just kick off summer racing club right away. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, and we're just, this summer, instead of trying to run two pieces at the same time that are basically the same thing, we're just going to package it in and it'll be part of the same thing. And they'll, yeah. they'll be in the Red Arrow Challenge with everybody else. Last podcast, you know, laid out the details, and now we got to kick it off and get some people bringing in data so we can talk about that because I was 
really wanted to talk about it, but I was also part about getting out on the bike this week. It's like, you know, before I really start pushing myself for the club, I need some data. When, well, I need to like condition my butt because even <laughs> sitting here for this podcast so far, uh, my derriere is not used to being in the saddle. Yeah, neither is mine. For you know, 16 miles at a time. And on top of that, because I've lost weight, a uh, considerable amount of weight, my my tight, tidy little spandex shorts with the pads built in don't fit right anymore. Uh, it's really annoying when you're, they're supposed to be tight, not baggy. And there's a few times where I was getting on or off the seat and my shorts got stuck to the seat. Like not, it's pretty funny. <laughs> not like a sticker, like it got snagged because they're, they're hanging down so far yeah. apart from my body. Uh, and the pads aren't in the right place. Uh, I've had to order some more because I uh, didn't realize how much weight I lost this winter or how many inches I lost this winter. Like, yeah, you know what? I think the last time I was on the bike was October. And, yeah. you know, stuff was kind of loose, but not too bad. Now it's like, oh, if I were to do a triathlon in this right now and do, get off the bike and go do a run, I would probably, would the spandex shorts would probably fall off like they were oversized. Yeah. You know. Umbros that we used to wear back in the day. Uh, oh, God. I think I my last pair of Umbros I got, I was in sophomore in high school. That's amazing. In the 90s. My last pair was also in the 90s, but when I was in seventh grade, the one year I played soccer, I bought my first and only pair of Umbros. I had them so I could run cross country and track. And then I think they got shredded during wrestling season. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, no data to discuss tonight, but that's going to be coming in very soon. So, looking forward to talking about that. You did it. And with that, I think we're going to wrap this uh, episode up. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you haven't signed up for the Red Arrow uh, Challenge yet, go to our website, do that, and look forward to seeing the data coming in. And with that, Jess, it's been fun. And until next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.